Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to Sylvia Global. I'm your host of today's show, Emily Bouchard, and we are focusing today on the psychology of wealth and um, money in our lives. I am here solo today. Gail Sylvia is en route to New York City for a remarkable itinerary. We are going to have some exciting shows in the future. She is headed to the Women Moving Millions Conference, where she's going to be speaking with and meeting with Gloria Steinem, Ashley Judd, and a whole list of other incredible women. Tracy Gary, author of Inspired uh, Philanthropy, She's going to the African American Institute's African Women's Development Fund uh, organization's meeting. And she's going, this is really exciting, the First Ladies Initiative with former First Lady Barbara Bush. And she's going to get to interview 12 First Ladies from around the world and learn more about um, also how to really help women get engaged in politics and change the whole conversation we're having about a lot of things going on on this planet. This show is about changing the conversation and how we identify with money and wealth in our lives. And I'm here to speak about uh, the emotional impact of wealth and money in our lives and to come to you with tools and strategies that you can use right away that will really make a difference in your life when it comes to your relationship with money. So a little bit about me. Uh, my business partner, Jamie Traeger-Muni, is uh, the founder of Wealth Legacy Group, and she is a wealth psychologist. And my name, again, is Emily Bouchard. I'm the managing partner of Wealth Legacy Group, and um, I have a master's in social work, uh, degree in child development, and our total focus on our work is on how to support people in having healthy conversations around money, uh, shifting and clearing any emotional charge and issues that keep them from being able to communicate effectively about money so that you can really thrive in your lives when it comes to the most challenging conversations we can have. So today, we're going to be focusing on something that we found to be very helpful, uh, just in understanding how we move around money. And it's uh, looking at money types that are uh, based on Jungian archetypes. And that's a psychological term that basically means what are some of the consistent patterns that people around the world show up having when it comes to certain ways of relating. And when it comes to money, there are there have been identified quite a number of these patterns, but there's eight in particular that have been shown to be very um, helpful and working with and talking about and dealing with as an individual, couple, and families, money and how to shift ingrained patterns. So what I'm talking about here, let's get real and and pragmatic. So do you find when you get a uh, bank statement that you immediately open it, review it, compare it to your checkbook and your online statement, and make sure that everything is reconciled? If you do, if you're one of the people who has that 
pattern of relating to money, and this is a good example of you know, our bank statements because it's a conversation about money on paper, you have a strong warrior archetype. That is somebody who is able to immediately go and take charge and make sure that their money house is in order. Uh, now, if it's more of a stronger tyrant background, that's actually more fear-based than how you would approach it, and it would be the sense of um, urgency and having to check it and almost to the degree of having the money and those numbers be more important than your relationship and where you kind of bulldoze or go over other people to make sure that the money is taken care of. If that's coming forward, whoa, your tyrant might be more front and center at that time. So remember, when I'm talking about these, we all have all eight of these in our in our bodies, in our being, in our psyche, in our thinking, however you want to think about it. These characters show up in relationship to money. And what we want to encourage you to do is look at, oh, I'm the director of these characters. This is my play of life. This is my stage. And right now, whoa, my tyrant character, I directed them to come front and center and just bulldoze my spouse when it came to my um, anxiety around money. And I can choose a different way to be with this. I can be more respectful. I can still say, hey, this is really important. How can we look at it together um, and bring that warrior energy further in front and allow that concern to be taken care of in a stronger, more empowered um, and loving place, I guess would be the way to say. So that's an example of two of the different archetypes. Um, another combination that often shows up uh, would be an innocent way of approaching money. So let's see your bank statement shows up and you notice it's in the mail and you put it aside. Or you put it in a drawer where there's a whole stack of statements that haven't been opened. Or you just, um, I'll get to that later and then you forget about it. And then you find that that pile stacks up. That would be more of an innocent. Like, oh, it'll be okay. It'll take care of itself. And the way that you know um, that the innocence front and center is you may feel a sense of overwhelm when it comes to opening up those statements because there's so much that you don't know in terms of how to do it or it feels really um, cumbersome. Like it's not an easy flow for you. It's much more, oh, this is this is territory I'm not familiar with. I'm uncomfortable with it. I would much prefer somebody else to do this. I would much rather do other things. That would be more of an innocent way of approaching it. And uh, I want to be clear that none of these are wrong. There's no judgment statement about any of these. I work with people all day long who come to me and, you know, they're feeling derailed by their innocence and they want to feel more empowered and bring their warrior further forward. Or uh, they're feeling like their relationship with their spouse they have to keep taking on the innocent role because the spouse has more of a current energy that comes forward. And they've learned that to show up interested, curious with their warrior, they get shot down. Or their spouse has a sense of, um, don't question me. Uh, why are you questioning me? Why can't you trust me? And so then they don't feel like they have the capacity to come forward with their questions and interests. And then they're, you know, for the side, oh, they're not really interested and they don't really care because they don't show up. So that can be a bit of a um, dynamic that can happen a lot in couples, and we hope to tease that out and get couples 
you know, new ways of moving with that. And the goal here is to give you some new ways of moving with it. Uh, so let's see. And the next one I would want to tell you about is the fool. So the fool is one that we're all really aware of. And when the fool is front and center and driving your bus or uh, center stage, you know it because you are maybe taking some risks. Maybe you're making an impulsive decision around your money. Maybe there's a strong emotional component to why I need this and I need it right now, even if you don't have the money for it. Now, um, I was working with a client yesterday, a remarkable man, very successful, uh, really um, does well in his life and his professional career. His warrior's strong, front and center, making sure that every decision is really well thought out. And when it comes to his personal life, he finds that he continually makes decisions based on what he wants and wanting it now when he might not necessarily have the money now, but he has that thought of, well, he's making so much money, he can pay for it later. And uh, credit card debt is a common issue for him because of that mentality. And so we're really looking at how to strengthen and bring forward that warrior, strong, competent, uh, able to put off for tomorrow what is needed and necessary and desired until there's the right amount in the budget for it within his personal life. And then looking at what are the emotional components around it that have the school take center stage. So that's another one. And you may find that your school gets you into some trouble because while it's very much charge ahead and knows it's going to land on its feet and knows that, hey, we can do this and we've always we generated more money when we needed to. It's not a problem. It can get you into trouble by um, having to make more rash decisions, not being so grounded in doing your due diligence. Um, our whole country really got a big dose of this, and the world did in terms of the everything that happened with the mortgage um, that um, securities and how they just kept growing and growing and growing, and the school just kept rushing in because it was more and more. And the warrior was in the background and people were saying, you know, this doesn't feel right and we don't have enough backing it. And what happened to the security in terms of uh, down payments and you know, things that were stopgaps and those disappeared and we ended up as a whole world feeling the economic ripple effect of that. And then uh, people like the Bernie Madoff really feed off of this archetype. That innocent school combination gets us into a lot of trouble because wow, this sounds too good to be true, but everybody else is doing it and I've got a great in and I can get this. And the financial people that did not get involved in the Madoff teams and the other ones like it were the ones that said too good to be true probably isn't true. And they use more of a warrior archetype and say we need to do our due diligence and if we don't understand this and it's a little too complex for us and we're smart, savvy financial people, this is not a good idea. So that would be how a warrior could step in and allow the fool and the innocent to say, wow, this is great and exciting and let's go forward and give space for that excitement and enthusiasm and risk-taking desire. I mean, that's what gets us going in the world is being able to take risks and then being able to come forward and say, let's get the data, let's get the facts and make sure that we're making sound, grounded decisions. And that can be so helpful. People that we work with that um, have received an inheritance or sudden money out of the blue uh, find themselves in this position quite a bit where a lot of people are coming to them with all kinds of great things to do with their money and they can get, the innocent can get overwhelmed 
And then the school can rush in and say, well, they're saying it's a good idea, and I'm really excited. I've got all this money. I'm sure more money is going to come in and uh, tend to uh, use their money. And the research has shown that most people that have gotten tremendous windfalls that weren't prepared for it, within 19 months that money is gone or has significantly reduced. And the mentality uh, comes forward of, well, I got it once, I can do it again, or perhaps there was can even, oh, we deal with emotions related to shame and um, guilt and um, a lack of deserving. We clear those as well for people because that can also cause that money to, you know, really burn a hole in your pocket and leave really quickly. And so that brings me to some other archetypes that would be good to be aware of. Uh, one of those would be... Um, looking at uh, feeling more of a victim when it comes to money. And that can often lead to a martyr position as well. And so if you found yourself in a position of uh, uh, feeling like, uh, you know, the world has really been hard on me and, um, you know, my health has really suffered and, uh, you know, the way that uh, my husband treated me was just so unfair, I'm going to go and uh, go on a shopping spree and I'm going to show him. Or I'm going to get back at him by doing, um, you know, really running up uh, the credit card bill. Or running, you know, if you find yourself in a more of a vindictive mode or a I'm going to show you or an indignant mode, like righteous indignation is a really good indicator that your victim has shifted to martyr and you have felt resentful for so long that the tyrant is going to be invited to come forward and say, I deserve to do this because I am right about this and you can't treat me this way anymore. And, you know, everybody listening should nod their head because we all have the experience of this at some point in our lives. And while this is talking specifically about money, it shows up in all kinds of aspects of our relationship. And just know, if you go to that place of being really right and uh deserving and ready to uh, blame others for circumstances that you're in, know that your victim is front and center and is not going to be the most proactive for you in generating more money and wealth in your life or allowing you to grow, sustain, and keep what you have. Uh, The victim is something that we can all fall into really easily and then the martyr can really take hold and Um, If you find yourself in a place of deep, deep resentment and resignation and almost a sense of apathy, like, ah, it's never going to change, it's always going to be like this, that kind of whatever mentality, uh, know that those two have kind of taken charge and have been driving your bus for a while. And that's a pretty deep group to pop out of. And so one of the things that we recommend if you're feeling stuck in this place is getting your body moving. The best way to shift out of resentment and resignation is to move. Get out there and physically start moving. Um, A good place to shift this in your relationship with money is um, get organized and clear out the space that's dealing with money. Maybe there's a file cabinet that you have not dealt with for a long time that is filled with paperwork that needs to get sorted. Or maybe there is that stack of uh, unopened, unaddressed uh, bank statements, or maybe you need to schedule time with your bookkeeper and just get yourself clearing and moving uh, that stack of papers that deals with your finances. 
Uh, one of the things that can be very helpful if you have an innocent in relationship with the victim is if you feel really stuck, is to have a regularly scheduled time with a bookkeeper that comes to you in your office and where that time is dedicated to you bringing forward your warrior and saying, okay, during this time slot, I'm going to show up differently with my money. And I'm going to have an empowering resource here to support me. And if you can't even imagine doing that, if you're in a place where you are feeling really stuck, then one of the things that we would recommend is that you would want to get out there and take some really brisk walks first thing in the morning or uh, go to a yoga class first thing in the morning or go to a spin class. You want to get your blood flowing. You want to get yourself moving. Uh, It will help to shift that mood so that you can have a different mood in your day because what can happen is that prevailing mood of resignation and resentment can just poison every interaction we have with our money, with our spouse, with our kids. If you're not happy with how you're showing up and if your mood is generally not happy, know that those two archetypes are probably running the show and you actually have other ways of moving. Just knowing that you're the director can be so helpful and saying, oh, I have really been allowing and directing those two to kind of run the show here. And I'm ready for Act 2 to show up and to bring forward the warrior, to bring forward, oh, let's bring forward the next one that you might find more inspiring, the creator artist. Now, if the creator artist archetype is one that's front and center for you, you definitely want to be looking at how to engage your creativity when it comes to your money. Now, if you know um, some telltale signs, that it's going to be more helpful. So some telltale signs for a creator artist are, I don't want to deal with money. Money has, it taints my life. It, I shouldn't have to deal with money. I should just be able to create. And um, that sense of it's a bother, it's a nuisance, it's, it's something that detracts from your creativity being able to show up. You know, the classic starving artist would be your um, maybe an archetypal representation of the creator artist. And uh, it's almost like I need to be so identified with the creative flow that I don't want money to interfere with that. And boy, does that actually interfere with your success and abundance flowing to you. And one of the things that we strongly encourage people who have this is a, uh, a part of their life and psyche that really matters to them and bringing their creative forces forward, full force, is how to allow for and have a space for creativity when it comes to money. And uh, we do things like dream boards and collages where they can start to create images related to what they may want to have or do or be in the world by allowing more money to flow into their lives. It can then allow and empower them to create even further. And one of the things that can happen for creator artists that become inheritors or have an inheritance is there can be a lot of shame and guilt in relationship to the money. It didn't make the money. It's there and it allows them to really live a a remarkable life where their creativity can flow and where they don't have to worry about money. And if you find yourself in a situation, there can be some derailing guilt and shame around that that makes it so that you find yourself... um, paying more for others or um, uh, 
loaning money or giving money to people that they're not going to pay you back um, or uh, giving gifts that end up uh, somehow harming your relationships with people where people that you thought were your good friends, they, when you start ending up feeling like maybe they're just friends with you because you have money and you find yourself um, challenged by how, um, what, whether I can trust people or how much can I trust myself in relationship to money. So that's when you want to uh, develop more of a warrior partnership with your creator artist and know that both can be there. And there's some extraordinary representations of that. And you know, one of my favorites is um, Paul Newman. Paul Newman is somebody who we all um, totally respect and admire as an actor and as a philanthropist and as a creator artist entrepreneur. And um, I have the privilege of meeting him and working at his camp for children with cancer and blood-related diseases. And here's a man who was really phenomenal in his craft as a creator and artist and just an extraordinary actor in the world. And he decided to shift his... Um, focus later in life, not only to continue acting, but what could he do with this in a very creative way? And so he took his likeness and his image, and he made it so that uh, no advertising, no marketing costs, all he did was space on things like lemonade and popcorn and salad dressing and things that he loved and he loved creating in the And having that be a force for good. And he brought forward another archetype that we would call the magician. And he worked with a strong warrior. Oh, my gosh. Um, Heitner. I think his name is Heitner. Uh, he was an amazing man who made it so that um, whatever ideas that, that Paul Newman created, he took them and he made them into extraordinary business uh, models that really worked. And all of the proceeds of the sales of Paul Newman's products went to uh, fund things like his camp and all kinds of other philanthropic ventures that they did. And they, uh, they were incredibly successful and touched the lives of, gosh, thousands and thousands of people. And when I met Paul and Joanne Woodward, his wife, uh, they would come to the camp and just be enthralled and be with the children and play games with the children and sing camp songs with them, and they were just like everybody else there. And they were able to stand in their creative beauty and their, their artistic grace and really spread that out in a way that was extraordinary. And if you're listening to this and you have an ability to tap into your creator artist, and if it's as simple as, hey, I can design... Um, uh, protectors for iPhones and make it so that people can have beautiful artwork on their phones in ways that really make a difference. And I do all the proceeds to make it so that um, women and children in third world countries can have access to phones so that they can, um, you know, have access to worldwide news and be able to share and show things. You can do that. I mean, you can take an idea that's creative and then bring your warrior forward and bring forward your um, network. And one of the things that we often talk about in the conversation around wealth is your wealth is way more than money. Your wealth has way more to do than just how much money is in your bank account. It has to do with who are the people that I can pick up the phone and contact right now. I mean, Gail Sylvia is on a plane going to New York where she is 
connecting with women who have, who have pledged to give a million dollars to charity and be philanthropic in powerful ways. And she is able to pick up the phone and call them. She's going to be meeting with Barbara Bush and other first ladies around the world. She can pick up the phone and call them. Gail Sylvia is one of the wealthiest women I know. And I can't even tell you how many dollars are in her bank account. But the fact that she can pick up the phone and make those phone calls can generate and move the world in ways that can really shift this conversation around wealth in our lives. And that's why we're so inspired to be working with her and to bring you this kind of programming. And that's why I want to bring forward the magician here at the end because we all have magician archetypes. And you know her and you are totally accessing her all the time when you have intuitive tips when you have nudges that say, wow, I don't know why I should turn left here, but I'm going to turn left here, and you end up going to a restaurant you've never seen before, and it turns out that the restaurateur's husband is your best friend's cousin, and it becomes this huge connection that leads to something beyond something you could have imagined. We've all had experiences like this. I had one the other day where I waste to catch a ferry to get into the city in time for a meeting, and I missed the ferry. And I went to a coffee shop I'd never been to before, and I went to go plug in my computer. And the man sitting there was very helpful, letting me plug in there. And it turned out he was a um, uh, somebody who was a wholesaler of uh, mutual funds. And I'd never heard of that particular uh, domain in wealth the way he had described it. And we talked about... Uh, socially responsible funds, and women in investing. And it was this phenomenal conversation that I never would have had if I hadn't missed the ferry. And I made a new friend and a new contact and possibly a new colleague in the field. And it was one of those extraordinary events where uh, I could have gone into the victim murder and been really angry and upset with myself or with the ferry schedule or the fact that there wasn't enough parking. But instead, I accessed my magician. I shifted my sails really quickly and said, okay, I want the magician to drive this, this part of the, the journey and found a coffee shop I'd never been to and had this extraordinary experience. And what I want you to hear is you have access to this ability anytime in your life. Which I want to finish with our evocative question, which is if you were a reporter observing yourself as you interacted with money, how would you, would you describe your most common approaches? And it's such a great way to do this because you want to look at yourself as an objective observer of your life, much more so than how it's always been or, oh, this is who I am, but more like as if you were, I don't know, you might want to call it the, the, the critic of the play, like the person who comes from the newspaper to, to then write about the play. Which characters are front and center? How do they observe them? How do you see them showing up in your life when it comes to bank statements or uh, financial decisions or have you signed their estate planning documents? That will give you a clue about which of these archetypes are front and center for you. And here's our inspiring invitation for you. We want you to begin to consciously notice not only what typical patterns show up for you, nor are you avoiding, are you getting overwhelmed, are you charging ahead, are you risking, are you being careful in your due diligence? But also, what other qualities would you like to bring forward more that are present in other areas of your life, but not so much with your personal finances? Uh, 
here's an example. Like, perhaps you read a recipe all the way through before you start cooking something new. And you really check and make sure you have all of the ingredients in place before you start a new dish. You're really good and competent as a warrior and a magician and a creator artist in the kitchen. And then, if you could apply those same strategies when it comes to maybe reading through your quarterly investment report or you're uh, looking at what your next dividend is or what is your next bank statement, if you could um, take time to read that all the way through and apply what you do with recipes to that, that would be an example of how you can bring forward strengths and qualities that you have in certain aspects of your life towards your money. Some useful tools that we want to let you know about. If you want to read more about these archetypes that I've spoken about in particular, there's a terrific book by Deborah Price, who's the founder of the Money Coaching Institute, and that's where I was trained as a money coach and where Jamie was trained as well. She's written a book called Money Magic, Unleashing Your True Potential for Prosperity and Fulfillment. And in that book, Chapter 3, is all about these money archetypes, and you can really learn a lot about them. There's also another book that we really enjoy and recommend, and it's called It's Not About the Money, and it's by Brent Kessel, and he talks about money archetypes from a different perspective. And then there's also another book uh, called The New Good Life by the author John Robbins. And John Robbins wrote The Diet for New America and shifted our whole relationship to food and John was impacted greatly by Madoff, and he ended up writing this book because of wanting to change the collective uh, experience around money from directly sharing his own experience. Uh, some other tools that you may find helpful are having money coaching. If you find that uh, this conversation really speaks to you and you want to shift your relationship to money, uh, money coaching can be incredibly helpful. It's different from therapy. It looks at patterns and relating to money from a place of um, empowerment and forward thinking and a positive approach. And uh, you can go to wealthlegacygroup.net and learn more about money coaching there. Um, and you can also uh, learn more about our family legacy retreats if you want to bring this into your whole family conversation. So thank you so much for listening to Sylvia Global, and we look forward to your responses and your feedback about this and our other shows. And Gail Sylvia will be back uh, next week. We're going to have a great conversation around uh, wealth psychology from a different vantage point um, next Tuesday at this time. And look forward to your interactions and your responses. Have a great day, and we'll look forward to next week. Bye. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.